How many people here associate um, colours with days of the week? That's going to seem very odd to most of you, this. <laughs> now, there are some people, and uh, they are they're odd people, really, the odd ones, um, who associate colours with different things. Uh, I mean, some people, it, it, it's, it's quite extensive, they accept... Uh, they, they associate colours and, and different moods with uh, smells and things that are happening around them, words that are said. Um, more commonly, but not that common, um, different days of the week, different months of the year, people associate colours with. And since I was, I can remember, I've always associated colours with different days of the week. This is going somewhere, by the way. Um, and... Each, each day, I try to think, well, why did that colour come to my mind? And I don't know most of the time. So I'll just run through them very briefly because they're very fixed in my head. And Monday is white. Tuesday is green. Wednesday is red. Thursday is, uh, sorry, Tuesday is blue. Thursday is green. Friday is orange. Saturday is brown. Now, I think Saturday is brown because we used to have a roast dinner on Saturday. We didn't have one on Sunday. We used to have one on Saturday. But Sunday was black. Uh, Sunday was always black. I still is in the back of my mind, but not in the sense of, you know, I wasn't a Christian when I was little. My parents didn't come from a Christian family. I got saved at youth club when I was in my teens when I was 16. But I... I think, thinking back, why did I think the Sunday was black? Well, Sunday was black because, though my parents weren't Christians, they followed the general convention around the time, um, 1950s, 1960s, of basically Sunday was a day when you were religious. Sunday was a day when you did religious things or you didn't do things more to the point. So... We didn't watch the TV. Now, okay, it's black and white fuzzy thing, but it was a TV. We didn't play any records. We didn't do too much. We visit really boring relatives. <laughs> oh, we didn't have many relatives because my mum was an only child and my dad, apparently, had all died by the time he was grown up. Um, so they're all uncles and aunties. They were really boring. Um, you know, uncles and aunties like friends. The ones that were, they were still talking to. And um, it was just a day for us kids where we just felt bored, really. <laughs> yeah, we were quite grateful to go back to school on Monday. And, um, you know, on Saturday we could watch Doctor Who, scare ourselves. I remember hiding under the table from the Daleks. But Sunday we didn't even get that, you know. A bit later on we managed to watch the second half of Batman. Because the first one was on Saturday night and the other one. But that was in the evening. Now, the evening was a bit different. My grandparents used to come down and we'd be allowed to watch Sunday night, Sunday night at the London Palladium until the interval. Then we had to go to bed. And they would sit, uh, they'd be eating. We'd get maybe get a chocolate eclair, not the, you know, the sweet, the toffee. The, um, but then it was really unfair because they'd go up to the chippy and they get tripe and chips and have that. Um, 
Sorry, I'm from the north, guys. Sorry. No. It's, uh, horrible stuff, actually. Yeah. It's like black pudding. That's disgusting as well. Anyway, <laughs> enough for the culinary delights of uh, of the northwest of England. Um, why was it so black? It was horrible. It was a religious sort of. We were keeping the Sabbath in a way, you know, but they didn't know why. It was even worse for Hans' family because they were Christians. The dad was a vicar. And they weren't allowed to work, walk more than three paces. No, but it was it was it was boring, wasn't it? But she had a bigger family, so they could kind of entertain themselves. We were just sit there. Anyway, today we're talking about the Sabbath. We're talking in the latest of our series about um, the Ten Commandments and how they apply today, in the light of Jesus' death and resurrection and what He's done for us. So. Um, we're on the, uh, the fourth one, sorry. <laughs> Don't take the, uh, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So I'm going to be reading from uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse uh, 8, if I uh, can bring that one up. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no any uh, on sorry on it you shall not do any work neither you nor your son or daughter or your male or female servant or your animals or any foreigner residing in your towns for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that in them is and all that is in them authorized version crept in there but he rested on the seventh day therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy does anyone know where the word sabbath comes from it's a transliteration i knew you'd know <laughs> thanks um shabbat 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 means to stop or rest or cease and it says that on the seventh day god Rested, stopped, right? Now we know God doesn't need to have a rest because he's God. Now apart from that, it says in Isaiah 40, that's not on the thing. Do you know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired and weary and his understanding no one can fathom. God doesn't get tired. He doesn't need to rest in the sense of... Through the blow, just sits down, thinks, well, that wasn't bad. Created that, yep, start again on Monday, no. That's not what it means. It means God stopped and he saw it was good. And so we have in uh, Genesis 2, 2 to 3, yeah. But the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Again, rested in the sense of he stopped. That's it. I've done it. I've, I've done creation, as it were. Was well, that God made it holy? First of all, I think we have to realize that, again, when we talked about holiness before, the root of the word holy is it makes it, it is a, 
it's a difference. It's different. So God made the day different, right? He made it holy. He made it different. He made it actually set apart for them to carry out their religious duties, the Jewish people. And so they had a set of rules, things they could and couldn't do, and these developed over the, over the years, and particularly around the time of Jesus or the few hundred years before Jesus, and at the time of Jesus, these rules had developed into a code which was virtually impossible to keep about literally how many paces you could take, what was work and what wasn't work, you know? And this was a constant issue between the disciples and the Pharisees and Jesus and the, and the, and the, and the Pharisees because they would do innocent things like chewing up a bit of corn, you know? I said, no, that's, that's work, that's grinding corn, you know? But Jesus heals someone on the Sabbath, you know? That's work. There must have been something involved. You must have done something to heal the person. You know? Now, these rules then became an end in themselves. And they were forgetting what they were supposed to be doing, which on the Sabbath was dedicating themselves to the Lord, was worshipping the Lord, was because he'd made it holy. He'd made it a different day. They worked for six days, and in celebration of what God had done, he created for the six days, whether you think of it as six days, six periods of time, six eons or whatever. God said on the seventh day, I'm going to make it a day which is different. It's going to be a holy day. It's going to be set aside for worshipping me. It's going to be set aside for you, for your families, so that you don't work, so that you rest, so that you have a break. And like so many things, even today, what people do is they forget the heart of it and they start to keep the rules instead. Because it's easier to keep rules, or it seems easier to keep rules, than to actually believe and trust and have a relationship. And one of the things I I think we should always be aware of is letting our hearts grow cold and just keeping the rules so that we look okay on the outside, maybe, becoming legalistic, but actually forgetting what it's all about inside. You know? When we've been looking at the, the, um, the Ten Commandments, we see, first of all, the first few are about our relationship with God, and this is one of them. And then it moves on to our relationship with one another. But it's interesting, when you get to the last one, which is about not coveting, Um, different things. It's kind of like God is saying, well, put me first, worship me, love me first. Exactly what Jesus said when he summarized the law. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, etc. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And then when we saw, particularly last week when Pete was speaking, the last commandment says, and you 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 shouldn't want to either. It shouldn't, it's coming from the head. So it's all there. It's all there in the Old Testament. And Jesus just brought it out and fulfilled the law. Yeah? Fulfilled the law both in word and deed. And he showed us what it is to have the Holy Spirit in our hearts, bringing the law into our hearts so that we keep the law through our conscience. Right? 
We don't have to keep a set of rules. People try to keep a set of rules to prove that they're Christian. All they're proving is that they can keep a set of rules or not. It's a religious thing to do. It has little to do with our life as Christians. Now, there's a phrase that's in the Bible. Uh, sorry, there's a phrase that's not in the Bible, but kind of like summarized. It's, there's a truth in it. And it talks about Jesus being our Sabbath rest. Anyone ever heard that? Jesus is our Sabbath rest? Oh, me. Even less than... Uh, oh, we have had some. Um, but Jesus is our Sabbath rest in this sense. And I'm, some people might find this a little difficult. I don't believe that there's a Sabbath anymore in that respect. Not a Sabbath in the Old Testament sense. There is a Sabbath in that all that we strive about, all our sins, all the things that, are, that would bother us, all the things that would keep us from having a relationship with God have been dealt with in the death and resurrection of Jesus. I want to read some verses from Hebrews, which you probably know quite well. This is a Hebrews 4, verse 1. And therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest. And then we go to um, verse 9. It says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. The example he's talking about is the, the Jewish people disobeying God and um, falling away from him and, and everything. Um, and, they, and they didn't enter into the promised land because of their disobedience. When we trust in Jesus, we enter into a Sabbath rest. There's no more striving, no more trying to keep the rules, no more um, earning our salvation. We don't need to do that because he has done it. And so all that striving, the six days, if you like, is over. We have entered into the Sabbath rest. Okay? That Sabbath rest, that that Shabbat that Jesus brings, that relief from the burden of sin and shame and all the things that would keep us away from God, the things that would wreck our lives, the things that would stop us being with him for eternity, have all been dealt with. And the thing that, to be honest, is that missing bit in every human being is restored and we have our Sabbath rest. We can stop trying because he's done it for us. That doesn't mean that out of that we start to behave in a ludicrous way, more that we behave in a way that we love God. And therefore we wouldn't want to do anything that would upset him or would be something that would uh, bring dishonor to his name. So we do everything out of love. We do everything out of relationship. We do it out of heart.
And it's easy to see when we stop doing those things, when our love grows cold, because we revert back to trying to keep the rules, to trying to be put on a show, as indeed the Pharisees did. You can read it all in the Old Testament, in the, uh, sorry, in the New Testament as well, where they were put on a show, but actually secretly, their hearts were as black as anything. They were keeping the rules. They were political. Now, I think the other thing that we forget when we keep the rules, or try to keep rules, and say, well, yes, this is a holy day, we keep it for the Lord. Well, first of all, if we want to keep the Sabbath, we're keeping the wrong day, because it was yesterday. Okay? Which is why you get Seventh-day Adventists and things like that. The first day of the week is a day that's convenient for us. It's a day off. It's a day we meet together. It's a day that most people aren't working. But particularly in today's society, people do have to work on a Sunday. So Sunday is not necessarily going to be the same day for everybody. And whilst I respect people, you know, like we all know the story of Eric Liddell, and there's been more other athletes, particularly in recent times, who've said, I won't, do, I won't do this, I won't do this competition on a Sunday or, or whatever. To me, in, in a sense, I feel that's all so unnecessary. Now, they're making a stance. They're saying, yes, this is my belief, that's fine. I wouldn't despise them at all for that. But we don't have to keep a Sabbath. I'll go into a day of rest in a minute. But Jesus said this in Mark, Mark chapter 2. He said to them, the Sabbath, this is counteracting the Pharisees, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And that's again what we forget. God made the Sabbath for us. He rested. He didn't have to. He didn't have to rest. He stopped, it means. And, but for us, it's a Sabbath rest. Right? God made it for man. So we don't have to work. You know, or we shouldn't be working non-stop. I know sometimes, you know, you've got to work to make ends meet and things like that. But we all need a break. I say, I'll talk about that in just a moment. But the Sabbath was made for man. So keeping a whole load of rules to please God, it's not going to work. Because it was made for man, not for God. God's not bothered in that sense. What he is bothered about is that we respect him. We send, spend time with him. And that can be any day of the week. That can be any time of the day. You know? People do different things together. You know, I've said before, I mean, Han, religiously, um, every morning, um, she, she would read a Bible and go through it. I don't. I read it in big chunks. Sometimes I read it for hours. Sometimes I don't read it at all in a day. I try to pray, try to talk to the Lord all, all the time, but it's different things for different people. That's not an excuse not to read the Bible, by the way. But if you find it difficult, maybe you should think of a different pattern, or no pattern, or whatever. We're set free from keeping the, keeping the rules, as it were. It's good to have good habits, but some people are more random than others in their habits. And the Lord knows that. Providing we have a relationship with him, and that's a real relationship. I don't think he's bothered that at 6.30 every morning, you're there praying on your knees. But yes, 
if that's you and that's your conscience, of course that's fine. Because I've got another verse there in a minute that I want to talk to you about. So what does the, uh, the believer's Sabbath rest look like? Well, this is what it looks like. First, we rest in our salvation. He's saved us. He's paid the price for us. We can rest in all the promises he's made. Yeah, they're ours. They're mine. They're yours. We can rest in who God wants you to be. don't have to worry about it. You just have to step into it. You don't have to try and be something. You don't have to keep those rules. You want to be what God wants you to be. Sometimes that's not necessarily what we want want us to be. But listen to the Lord. Have that relationship and he'll guide you and you will be fulfilled. And resting in your season of life, you know. At some point, I tipped over from being told, and it was, it was overnight, being told I was too young to do things, and then being told I was too old. <laughs> That's so unfair. You know, the difference inside was about a minute and a half between the two. I think I must have aged overnight or something like that, I don't know, but it's not true. You are who you are, and you can be whatever the Lord wants you to be. We have different seasons in life. You know, I can no longer do those handsprings and flick flacks and things that I used to do when I was younger. Um, but I can't run as fast as I did, but I'm smarter than I was. And I can still beat Mikey in a tea towel fight <laughs> at the moment. Thrashed him yesterday. Literally, yeah. Still got the marks. Anyway, he did challenge me. Don't challenge your granddad like that. Okay. So that's our rest. We can rest in what God has done for us. That is our Sabbath rest. There is no Sabbath in that sense to keep anymore. Now, there is a day of rest. I understand. I've got, I've got a few statistics here. I'll have to read these out because I can't remember them all. But there are natural rhythms, and the, the scientists and doctors and people like that who are very learned and much cleverer than I am, so that's why I looked them up, um, show that there's all kind of cycles we have. Well, we know some of those cycles anyway, don't we? Um, and some of them are more convenient than others, but during the day we have different cycles of our hormones and things like that. Um, we have a 24-hour cycles. Um, uh, I believe they're called circadian rhythms, okay? And they are just the way that we are. So, you know, we're at our lowest at 2 o'clock in the morning, which is when we always seem to have those conversations, you know what I mean? Um, we are, you know, at our best usually in the morning before we've woken up. Um, things like this. We've got, we've got different cycles and you know, some people are morning pe- people, some people are afternoon people, some people are night owls, some people need more sleep than others, all sorts of different things. But we have a, a rhythm and a cycle to our lives and those are generally the same. You know? Now, there are also weekly rhythms and these are becoming more and more, or, or groups of seven. Um, these, I'll have to pronounce this, these are circoceptins or around seven, um, seven, week, uh, seven day cycles and they're quite prevalent and the other thing is that they are in all societies across the world 
And people have tried different things. So um, in France, during the, uh, or after the French Revolution, they, uh, they had a 10-day uh, a week right, that they imposed um, from October 1793 to April 1802 when they gave it up as a dead loss because everybody was just all over the place. They couldn't cope with a 10-day week. Um, it was also uh, adopted by the Paris Commune in um, 1871 and lasted a whole 18 days. They didn't even get to two weeks of their 10-day week because people just were exhausted. They were having nervous breakdowns. All sorts of things were going wrong. In uh, 1931, the USSR changed their schedule uh, uh, to a six-day week in which every sixth day was a rest day. So they were actually making a shorter week, five days, and then a rest day. That lasted till 1940, when for exactly the same reason, they gave it up. Um, and the, the theme seems to be that I believe that when God tr created the world and he rested seven days on the seventh day, he put that into us, he put that into creation as a cycle, as one of the many cycles that are in creation. However that occurred, however God did it, we have a natural rhythm that says seven days is a week. It's a really weird number, actually. You know, stick a prime number in there. You know, something like 12 would be better or 60 for a, you know, have a 60-day month or something like that. But we, we think, nah, it's, it's strange. But seven, seven day week, that is what we, we go, and that is across society, the most primitive society, the most advanced society. It's a seven day week, all the same. And that's, in a sense, evidence of God's hand in creation. So we need a day of rest. We need to have a time set aside, set aside for God, yes, set aside to rest, because the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So we're not keeping, we're not doing a religious duty. What we're doing is having a rest that our bodies and our minds and our souls needs to recoup our energy. I'll finish with a little story here. And this is about two Zen masters. This is not a joke, this one. All right, I just, just found this one. I normally tell a joke, but not today. Being serious. I said, a long time ago, two Zen masters engaged in a wood-cutting contest, as they do. Yeah. We've all been there. The one who chopped the most wood is given, uh, in, in a given time would win. Doesn't say what they want. No. Now, interestingly, every time Master Wu, who we've heard of already today, um, looked over at his competitor, Master Chen, Chen was sitting down. Wu thought, I'm going to win this contest easily. They chopped wood all day, and still, every time Wu looked over at Chen, he was sitting down. At the end of the day, the two wood piles were measured, and much to Wu's surprise, Master Chen had chopped more wood. Master Wu exclaimed, how is this possible? For every time I looked at you, you were sitting down. And Master Chen replied, ah, but when I was sitting, I was not merely taking a break, I was sharpening my axe. And that's what we're doing when we're taking that day of rest, that day of 
recuperation. We're shopping in our axe. Mr. Wu never stopped, but his axe was blunted. He probably slowed down. But Mr. Chen took his time. He took his time out. He sharpened his axe. And he was able to chop more wood because he had more strength. And he had a sharper axe. So there's two sides of it. There's our Sabbath rest is taken care of once and for all in what Jesus has done. And the other side of it is that we need to take time to rest. And sometimes we may have extending or extenuating circumstances that mean that we can't rest on a particular day or whatever. Or our rest has to be taken in, in parts. But we should try and do our best to have a break. A weekly break so that we're ready for the next week. And Sunday is our convenient day, but it's not the only day. And we shouldn't condemn others. I mean, um, we have uh, our natural cycles, but there's, there's a verse I'd like to read here, just, just finally, which is uh, the Colossians one, if you've got that. Yeah? I'll have to read it off there because it's come out wrongly here. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink with regard to a religious festival or a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. And I think, well, some people want to keep a Sabbath, keep a holy day. Okay, that's fine. But we shouldn't condemn them. And nor should they condemn people who don't want to do that. It's up to our individual consciences. Just the same as you know, Paul talks about meat offered to idols. Some people say, well, it's only meat. Other people say, oh, no, it's got some significance. Well, it depends on your conscience, doesn't it? Um, so we won't condemn people who like to keep a, a Sabbath day or a special day. Um, but equally, we won't be condemned because we don't. But we still have a day of rest we still value rest and we still value time with the Lord that makes sense oh thank goodness for that right that's the end of it um do you want me to finish yeah I'm gonna pray father we thank you that you've set us free you set us free from um keeping the rules and Lord we thank you that through Jesus you have given us a heart of flesh you have given us um your holy spirit that enables us to incorporate the law into our hearts. And Lord, and out of a, a sense of love for you and love for, our, for, for, for one another, Lord, we, we live our lives in, in peace and in joy and in doing the things that you want us to do, Father. And when we slip up and when we don't get the, get the thing right, Lord, there's always a way back to you. There's always a way back. So we thank you for that freedom. We thank you for that life that you've given to each one of us, Lord. And I pray that as we rest today, we do our recreation and the different things that we want to do uh, after this meeting, Lord, that we'll be set up for the week to come, that we'll face whatever we need to face with, uh, with joy and with your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.